0: Welcome to the One Church Podcast. In this podcast, our prayer is that you'll encounter content that will instill hope, fortify your faith, offer practical real-life insights, spread the love of Jesus, and inspire you to fulfill your unique purpose. Now join us as we listen to this week's message.
1: And if you would get your Bibles out, and we're going to be turning to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13 through 23. Verse 13 and on. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Verse 17. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life You inherited from your ancestors, and the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days pay attention through christ you have come to trust in god and you have placed your faith and hope in god because he raised christ from the dead and gave him great glory and this is the hope that we have you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart for you have been born again but not to a life that will quickly end your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God amen can we give a praise knowing that our life comes from an eternal voice our life comes from an eternal man that has come down and left his life here for us amen so let's pray father god we just thank you for this time god We thank you that you've given us this word, God. I ask that you just fill me, God. Fill uh, the rest of us, God, with your voice, God. Let it not be something that I'm coming up with my own wisdom and knowledge, God, but you reigning down in this place, God. Lord, that you have made us glad like we sang. You have made us glad because of the voice and the scripture before us, God. Lord, I ask that you minister to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may take your seat. So a few uh, weeks ago, we started a series, "The Unseen Battle," and the last few weeks and months, we've been seeing God move. Amen. If you've been seeing God move through various occasions, would you can I just see a a a hand or two or it knowing? Yeah, we're it's not for me. It's not for my statistics. It's for you're letting God know. Hey, yeah, He's moving. Amen. And so, a couple weeks ago, Pastor C, as I was preparing, Pastor C uh, gave this example of we're on an airplane and we gotta buckle up, we're going on a ride. And I don't think it it has landed just yet. So as I was preparing and I was thinking about that thought, this thought came to me. Let's backtrack a little bit, right? When When we're on a plane, there's this little booklet you have to show them, right? Or maybe it's a card for some of you who are traveling domestically, but you have to show them this booklet because you can't get on that plane without letting them know who you are. It doesn't make sense that we buckle up in a plane, that you're sitting in a seat, without letting them know who you are. So when you visit a foreign land, without that little booklet, you can't take a single step to your right. You can't take a single step to your left. You can't take a step forward or backward without them identifying you. It says everything about you. It says where you belong. It has an even little small one-by-one picture of you. And some of us don't like that picture of us. How many have gone and take a passport picture? I think we all have to, otherwise we can't go anywhere. We've all gone and take a picture on a passport, right? What do you got to do? When you go, you get your ready, you put your best Clothes on, you maybe get a haircut, do your hair, you put your makeup on. You do all this and you get to the Walgreens or the passport office and what do they tell you to do? Don't smile. Isn't that odd? You do all this to prepare yourself and say, don't smile. Uh, Take your glasses off. I'm sorry, move your bangs out of your face. And uh, please stand still. Don't move. Don't pose. Just your, your bad side. <laughs> Some of us have, like a, have our good side, right? When we take pictures. There's all these restrictions. They just want a raw image of you to identify you based on what you're supposed to look like without any adjustments. I hope that speaks to you. I, I think you know where I'm kind of going with this. And when we stop looking like that person in this passport, there's a word that the world uses. Counterfeit. Let that resonate. There's a word that the world uses, counterfeit. Hey, that passport is counterfeit, but that doesn't look like you. Simply said, we're attempting to adapt to the world when we're supposed to set ourselves apart from the world. We're trying to adapt to the world when we're supposed to set ourselves apart from the world. And in 1 Peter, he shows us, Peter shows us how to obtain this passport that we're supposed to look like. All right, so in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, it says, you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. The funny thing in chapter 2, verse 11, it says the same thing. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. So twice, Peter reminds us, Stay away from worldly desires. And twice he says, you, 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 you and I, we're temporary residents. We're foreigners in this world. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. Those who fear the Lord receive his steadfast love. Come on, can you repeat that with me? Those who, re- those who fear the Lord receive his? steadfast love. So I want to break this thought of fear of the Lord. How many have have someone has anyone told you you must fear the Lord? And the weird thing is the word fear it comes off as a negative connotation. Fear the Lord, that's that's puzzling. Why should I be scared of God? So I'm going to break that thought for some of us. For the unbeliever, the fear of God, the unbeliever is the one that doesn't have a relationship that has been separated eternally. For the unbeliever, the fear of God is the fear of judgment of God and eternal death, which is eternal separation from God. And for the believer, for us sitting here in this place, it meets something something more. The believer's fear is reverence. So, I'm going to use an example here because I I like sports. So, we, you know, the World Cup just ended a few months ago. But I, I would just I would just want to have you imagine if. Messi, those who know Messi, you know, the soccer player, or let's use someone else, those who have electric cars, your Elon Musk walks in in this place right now. What would you do? You would meet them, you would greet them, you would go talk to them, you would how did you become the person you are? You get to know them, you would start to ask questions. You might even take a picture with them and tell the world, hey, I got to meet this person. Right? I'm just gonna be honest, I would. I love I love soccer, so I would definitely go to Messi, and I'd be like, "Hey, that's my guy. I need to talk to him." I would definitely do that. So when you start to have reverence, you begin to study, search, glorify, collect, inhabit, hold close to your heart everything about that person. Yet we fail to recognize that we are marked as a child of God in that passport picture. We're struggling with that. And when we fail to recognize that, we struggle to identify ourselves and battle against, this is the word of the Lord, evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, you know this, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So that word unseen world caught my attention. And if you you have your notes and a pen with you, I want us to write this down. The message for today is the seen battle. The seen battle. Right? So we've been talking about the unseen battle, the things that we don't know that's going on around us, the things in the dark world, the things that are happening behind our backs. But I want to talk today about the seen battle. I believe God instructs clearly. And I want to use this word, he instructs black and white. All right? I want to say that because I believe God is, doesn't function or operate in the gray areas yeah you believe me i think pastor glenn said okay wall i wanted to do that once just so that he, he could watch it and let me know i did it good but uh um god instructs black and white there's no gray areas church there's nothing that he confuses us with when he speaks he speaks clearly when he moves he moves swiftly when he starts to to turn our lives around, he doesn't turn it in a way it's confusing. He turns it in a way that glorifies him. Amen. I'm reminded when I was thinking of this clearly black and white theme, I was reminded of uh, Sharon Alfred's story. Uh, do y'all remember that testimony she had? When uh, Some of us weren't here. I'm going to say the story again. It was during her classroom time, and her teacher asked, us, asked the children, hey, this side, go over there if you like vanilla ice cream. And this side, go if you like chocolate ice cream. Which is great, great question. But it took a a really quick turn. It said, all right, now this side, go if you're for LGBTQ community. And this side, go for not for LGBTQ community. Which is really weird that they even asked that question in school, but whatever. So 99% of the class went this way and 1% went this way. Who was that 1%? Sharon, right? Sharon was the only one that guessed it, and the teacher asked Sharon and put her on the spot. Why? Sharon, do you remember what you did? I don't know if you're here, but I think she remembers what she did. What would you do? Say it a little louder so they can hear you. You can, you can stand up and say Why? Go ahead. She said she was Christian, and she believes in God. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she meant... Uppercase God, not lowercase God. The things that are confusing are lowercase God, right? She stood up and said, I'm a Christian. I identify as a Christian and I believe in God. And then I think she quoted some scriptures as well, am I correct? She quoted some scriptures and there was a shift that happened right in there in the classroom. There was a scene battle that was taking place and what was seen was a miracle that 99% I don't know the stats on that I think it became I hope I don't know you can correct me wrong maybe it became 80% few of those students started walking towards Sharon's side oh come on could you give God the praise that is that is worthy to get praise for that's something that we see in today's world how quickly and easily it is to switch sides right in front of our very own eyes that's happening church That is the scene battle. There are things that are happening right in front of us that we're dismissing and we're not standing up and saying, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Scripture says this. Instead, we're we're kind of succumbing like, I don't want to offend anybody. So when we cannot identify ourselves, we cannot recognize the child of God that is within us that he created and formed us to be. Amen. So, God gives us some simple instructions. This is a pen and paper moment. The first thing he tells us is be holy. All right? You're asking, how do I I fight against the scene battles? The first thing says, be holy. This is is the part where this is how you live holy. Let's go to verse 15 and 16. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God has chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. That seems puzzling, especially when we're surrounded in a world where unholiness has become the norm. So then, how then can you and I be holy? And we said it earlier, set yourself apart. You are called to separate yourselves from the strange land. Peter says, you are called to abstain from sinful desires which war against our souls. i reminded of that song as we're preparing. I cast my mind to Calvary. You know that song? Where Jesus bled. And what did he do? And he died for you. It wasn't... I cast my mind on confusion. It was, I cast my mind on Calvary, the true, the tested foundation of our faith. Amen. Amen. It is the true and tested foundation of our faith. Calvary, not confusion. So we get confused because we try to be know-dolls. I hope I'm speaking, to, I'm speaking to myself. I don't, if, you're not, if I'm not speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. I, I, my wife knows that. I like to be a know-doll. She'll tell me something and I'll be like, "No, that's not right." And she will be like, "You always do that." And I'm like, "Yeah, cuz I know it all." And then we 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 uh we make we re- refine after that. <laughs> so you don't need to know everything. Even the disciples were confused when Jesus was among them the day he was crucified. In Luke chapter 24 it says, "The this is the road to Emmaus. This is when the disciples were walking with Jesus. And they were having, literally, if, if you could imagine, if I'm Jesus and I had uh, the disciples around me, they're talking to me, I'm talking to them, and they had no idea that I was Jesus, that I had just been crucified. It was only until Jesus broke bread with them and gave the cup did they realize it was him. And this is their response. I don't know if you remember this. It said, Literally, says, they looked at each other like, didn't our hearts burn within us as we were walking and talking with him? And he was explaining his scriptures to us? Didn't our hearts get triggered? Church, does your heart not burn when you look to the person to the left and the right of you? When you see that child of God struggling? When you see that man or that woman outside grasping for their life, asking the world or god or lowercase god for help does your heart not burn when you're in the presence of god amen right even right now does your heart not burn does it not agitate when you hear the voice of the lord speaking to you and melting in your heart and saying come on son of god daughter of god i need you to open your mouth i need you to praise god because i'm telling you right now church you don't need me to speak here to know that god is here amen do you believe that? You don't need to be here. You don't need Pastor C. You don't need the worship team here. I'm on the worship team every week. So it was good to have a little break. And then we had a new worship pastor come in for a few minutes. If you didn't re- recognize us, Pastor C. But that's what God is telling us. Where is our heart's posture at? Does our heart not burn? Does it not feel anything? When we're in the presence of God, knowing that he is here, in almighty presence. Waiting and wanting. We sang, your goodness is running after me. I've, I've, I love that line because in my immature days, I used to think that uh, God was running away from me. And, I, and we always hear, chase after God, chase after God. And I got that line stuck in my head. I got to start chasing after God. And one day, it dawned on me, why am I chasing a God that has never forsaken or abandoned me? That is the true tested foundation of our faith. It says it. That's not Georgie saying. That's the word of the Lord saying. He has not forsaken you and he has not abandoned you. So why are we chasing him? In fact, he's chasing us. Every single minute, every single hour, he's chasing after us. And going back to Sharon's story, maybe you got to write this down. It It might hurt. The more we live and lean on variations, the more we live and lean on loopholes and excuses. The more we live and lean on variations of this world, the more we live and lean on loopholes and excuses. I'm going to say it, and I, if someone gets offended, uh, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness later. But the word of the Lord says to judge righteously. Amen? Yeah, you can give God praise for that. He, 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 he actually commands us to judge righteously. He didn't say uh, judge them for what they're doing and behaving. He says judge righteously. There have been some name brand churches in the last few days, months, that have truly confused me. And this is my conviction. And, and, and I prayed about it and I, before I even wrote it down to, to share it. I prayed and I was like, this is my conviction. There are some name brand churches that have truly confused me and distracted me by the things they are doing just to convince them of I'm not sure what. It's distracting. I don't feel Jesus in my heart when I watch what they're doing, what they're trying to accomplish. There will be a day, this is the word of the Lord, when the Lord comes and every eye will see him. In Revelation, it says that. That is the day when all things will be laid out in the open all your deeds, all your thoughts, all your desires, all your motives will come out, and you got to, eval- church, listen, you got to evaluate yourself Evaluate yourself now. I'm talking about not after church service where you get distracted by, uh, I don't know, a buffalo chicken slice at Mama T's, but you got to evaluate yourself now. You got to evaluate yourself now. Church, I'm going to say that one more time. You got to evaluate yourself now because the minute you step out, it's one minute too late. You're going to get distracted. You're going to get put down. You're going to be dragged down where it's hard to to stand up and say, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. This is what scripture says. Amen. Amen. Evaluate yourself and cast your mind on Calvary, the true and tested foundation of our faith. So Peter goes on to say that the second thing you do to God to, to fight these scene battles, write it down, be redeemed. The first one was to be holy. The second one was be redeemed. Come on, can we say that with me? I am redeemed. I am redeemed. But do you believe that? Because I can tell you to say it five more times, but if there's an unbelief in you to, 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 have to say it without confidence, I can't convince you of that. There will, be not, there will not ever be a day, there will never be a day I can convince you of that. You have to say that in faith and Confidence. I am redeemed. I'm going to take a pause. I am redeemed. If you you don't want to repeat it, it's okay. You don't have to. It's not about repeating it. But you are redeemed, church. I'm speaking to this side. You are redeemed, church. I'm speaking to this side. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. Not because our pastor said it. Not because the worship team said it. The word of the Lord says, you are redeemed. Verse 18 and 19. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. Come on. It was the precious blood of the lamb that was spilled. The sinless, spotless lamb of God that washed us. I'm not talking about a laundry wash where you look at it and you smell and say, did it get washed? No, it was fully washed. We've done that, right? When something gets washed, we take it out like, did it get washed? When you're in the presence of God, there's no question that you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. See, this world is not redeemed because it is not holy. Why is the world not holy? The word says, do not conform to the, do not conform to the patterns. We know the verse. I'm going to say it one time. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. See, when we conform, I think I spoke to Sam on Friday night as we were praying. When we conform, we give permission access to the schemes of our opponent in our daily battles, the devil. See, Satan, write it down. Satan cannot do anything without permission. I don't know if that's something new for you guys to understand. Satan cannot do a thing. He cannot take his next step. He cannot plan. He cannot think about you if you don't give him permission, if, if, you, if, if you give him permission. Amen. So when we allow or give permission, we grieve the Holy Spirit. I got to talk about this earlier a couple of weeks ago. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we're failing to live holy and righteous lives. So the Holy Spirit reveals God's thoughts, teaches, and guides believers into all truth. The Holy Spirit also helps Christians in their weaknesses and intercedes for him. But look, Satan doesn't want you to know this. He tries to hide it and keep that away from you. So when something miraculous happens, there there are times where I've caught myself saying, Oh, what a coincidence. Right? How many have said that? What a coincidence, oh, what a coincidence that that happened. Oh, what a coincidence that that person said a thing over me. Oh, what a coincidence that they prayed a specific prayer over my life. Church, I don't believe in coincidence because if it was a coincidence that you're here, then you shouldn't be here. If it was a coincidence that things happened because of coincidence, then you shouldn't be sitting in those seats you're sitting in. So I I was a little... uh, Curious, I I went into the national uh, database of car accidents in the U.S. And it says, according to the stats, there are four fatal car accidents per hour. There are four fatal car accidents per hour. Some of you come in fours and fives or threes. So think, it didn't say four fatalities, it's four fatal car accidents if y'all want to visually see that, this side, you probably wouldn't be here out of the rest of us. Church, it's not a coincidence that you're here. It is not a coincidence that you're here. He's reminding us to number our days. See, God doesn't operate in coincidences. He's clear about the love he has for you. It was on that cross, amen. It was that sinless, spotless lamb of God that washed our sins away, Amen. Church, if you believe that, could you just give a praise to him right now? I'm not sure if we're understanding. I'm not sure if we're understanding. It is not a coincidence. Amen. The best weapon he has is blindness. Oh, if he could just shut your eyes for a glimpse. Oh, if he could. But you can deny that access and permission to him. Yes, the devil would love for you to become spiritually blind. The devil would rather have you pursue self-indulgence and uncontrolled passion than engage with the word of God. So I'm going to talk about some few battles we face today. You guys ready for this? Some few battles we face today. The seeing things. Forget the passport picture. I'm going to talk about some things we face, you and I, today. And you can write this down. The self. Though we know we exist to glorify Christ and reveal his love to a hurting world, we easily catch ourselves into self elevation mode. Our, our culture might convince us hey, if no one's gonna look out for you, who will? So, what happens? What happens? We start to elevate ourselves. We, we start to think of our own emotions, our own feelings, and say, hey, I feel like this, and I, I don't wanna be like this this day. When the word of the Lord is saying, it is not about you. I gave, Pastor, she said, it is the breath in our lungs. We sing that song, it's your breath and our lungs. So what do we do? So we pour, we pour, we pour out our praise, amen. Hey, worship! I get to say this all the time. Worship team out there, you get to pour, pour, pour out my praise. And if if you're struggling with that, that is a scene battle. If you're struggling to pour out your praise, that is a scene battle. Don't chalk it up to, I'm tired. Don't chalk it up like, I just had a rough and busy weekend. Don't chalk it up to like, ah, I'm just not feeling it. The, the music didn't go up this, this morning. <laughs> Let's not chalk it up and settle it for the, I said it earlier, loopholes and excuses. It says when the breath is in us, when God's breath is in us, Our praises pour, and they continue to pour. We're saying, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be be in my mouth. If we understand that, church, guess what? You will walk out that continually blessing the Lord. Amen. You won't wait for the the clear glass doors to come in here saying, God, I I continue to bless you. I'm going to walk out in continuation of that. Amen. The second thing that I came upon is approval. We battle approval. This this problem arises when we place our desire to be liked above our relationship with God. Approval. How many of us? Uh, how many, How many of us battle with that? This is an arm raising sermon. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, hopefully, it's, everything smells good. But um, how many battle with approval? It's okay. You can laugh about that. How many of us battle with approval? I'm going to ask one more time. How many of us battle with approval? You just confessed. It's okay, you just confess that you battle with approval. You battle an approval image. You battle the approval of, can I, can I serve? You battle the approval, can I, can I, am I able to talk to this person? You battle with the approval of, am I worthy to lift my hands? You battle with the approval, of, am I allowed to go into that place? Am I allowed to go and step inside the church because I came in last night as a sinner, but this morning, he's redeemed me. I said, yes, you are worthy of stepping into my house. The next thing we battle is relationships. See, if we elevate those relationships above God, we end up feeling depleted. I feel like I don't need to go into detail with that. That's pretty straightforward. Our relationship with God is number one. Everything falls underneath that. Food. How many of us battle with food? I'm not talking about you, you punch apple pies or something. I'm talking about, actually, Pastor Sonom, uh, last week, he actually actually convinced me of doing something um i'm a major sweet tooth all right so i'll i'll eat like maybe a slice of something or a small plate of something i'm like i'm full i'm stuffed and then you bring out like <laughs> two tables worth of desserts and there's a compartment like back here that opens up and it literally you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about there's a like, some of that compartment goes down somewhere, some go up. But it's a compartment that opens up. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm hungry again. And I had this new space that opens up for its dessert. So over the week, I saw this array of desserts. And myself and Pastor Noel were like, I don't know why we were just watching it. But we were watching it, and I started taking. And we started talking about this, this addiction of sugar and sweets and desserts and treats. And they say sugar is just as potent and addictive as cocaine I, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't make that up I literally read this in, in an article sugar is just as addictive as cocaine the so pastor said I'll call him and say hey you wanna, you wanna do something different this week I was like what he goes how about both of us avoid sweets this week and desserts and I was like okay and, the, and, and my wife knows some of you guys know that's, that's super hard for me That's a battle I was facing because I I, I paused. I had to think about it. But if you tell me to come sing, I'm like, yeah, I'll come sing. If you tell me to go don't eat the dessert, I'm like, let me think about that. But he said, come on, maybe something might happen this week spiritually for you. As simple as food. As simple as food. So I said, let's do it. And... You know, day one went, I almost grabbed, so I was like, wait, you know, I'm not supposed to grab that. It was, it was like automatic reflex. Automatic reflex. When you're out there in the world, what are some of our automatic reflexes? Is your automatic reflex to stand up and say, I'm a child of God, I'm a Christian? Is your automatic reflex like, eh, I don't know, I, I don't want to offend that person. What is our automatic reflex? Lastly, I'm just going to run through this. The two things I want to go over is comfort and entertainment. Comfort. We battle with comforts. And we battle with entertainment. I'm not saying entertainment's bad. But how much are we chasing to be entertained? How much are we chasing in our lives to be entertained? Church, these are, these are battles that we face on the daily. These are the scene battles that we deal with on the daily basis. It's how we respond to these battles because... He paid a high price for these battles that we face. God is telling you and I to make that choice that you and I belong to him, not to those battles. And when we belong to him, nothing and no one can hold us captive. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So when you let these battles be presented to the Lord, guess what? He's fighting already for it. He's been fighting for it. It's how we approach it. And the last thing I want to touch on, so we said, what are the first two things? Be holy, be redeemed. The last one is be born again. Worship team, you guys can start coming up. Verse 22 and 23. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Verse 23, come on, follow with me. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Amen. Church, your life comes from an eternal living word of God. Church, does not be distracted. Your life comes from... An eternal, not a temporary. We're not foreigners, temporary residents of heaven. We're temporary residents of this world. But eternal life comes from the word of God. So you have to check yourself. God, how am I approaching my battles? Is it with my own wisdom and knowledge or is it from the word of God? See, as a Christian, I keep saying this, we're strangers in this world of unbelievers. See, you may be the same on the outside, meaning... We all have hair. We all have eyes. We have facial features. We all have limbs or whatever the case is. We all wear clothing. But on the inside, church, pay attention because you know this. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but you know this. You're different. You've been created. You've been formed differently on the inside. Forget your outside appearance. Again, forget that passport picture that you hate. On the inside, you're created and formed differently you won't act like the world you won't glorify yourself you won't worship false gods you won't stand for immorality you are different on the inside and it should show an example I to use is like a used car when you go buy a used car you buy it as is I want you to hold that word deeply to yourself you buy it as is. The minute you drive that car off, what happens? The value plummets. Because only one person knows what's wrong or what's right with that car the person who gave it to you. The person who gave it to you. But the thing is, our Heavenly Father bought us with the precious blood of the Lamb. And it's only him that knows what's right with you. He doesn't look at our wrongs. He doesn't look at why you look this way or why do you behave this way. He's saying, I know what's right with you. You just got to show it. You just got to approach it. You just got to act on it. And when you are born again, guess what? you have direct access to God, amen, amen. Come on, we've been quiet for a little bit, amen. When you're born again, guess what? You have direct access to the Heavenly Father. I'm gonna share a testimony and Pastor C. Slightly mentioned a couple weeks ago. So about three weeks ago, one of my favorite down times is I get on YouTube and I I get lost. I I like to watch the cooking stuff, I like to watch car stuff. Uh, Justin, you know, car stuff is great on YouTube. You get to learn and you get to study this. Um, Sometimes, occasionally, I'll I'll, I'll watch the sermon again. We should all be watching. If you're not, subscribed, Go to YouTube and go watch sermons again. Maybe today was a lot of information and you got to go home and I got to listen to that again. That's good. Do it. So that's one of my down times. I get on YouTube and I get lost. And three and a half weeks ago, I I stumbled upon this... um, this pastor, uh, Pastor Richard Lorenzo. And his testimony that, his testimony was that he was a drug lord. He practiced witchcraft. He practiced voodooism. He was into all of it. He was deep. And one day, I I think he had a breaking point. One day in his own apartment, the Lord met with him. The Lord met with him so much that he fell off his chair. That he fell off his chair that he was visibly physically shook think about this guy who practiced witchcraft voodoo steep stuff a drug lord he was physically shook by the presence of god and for some odd reason i started watching his videos and seeing what he does his evangelism and i'm telling you i never watched stuff like this in my life as long as i had a phone and youtube on my phone i've never watched those kinds of videos about about demonic possession about uh, uh demonic influences the things that that chain us down the things of this world i'm talking about some deeps of like chakras and necklace and bracelets. i'm not talking jewelry i'm talking about the cursed things we talked about the occult and so i started studying i was like man i've never heard about this stuff and i'm i'm studying i'm soaking it all in my wife Janice is like what are you watching this is weird and I'm like I don't know I'm just, I'm just infatuated by it it was the first time in my life I started learning about this so that same week I think it was maybe three or four days later I was at work and my coworker says you know this patient ex um, she said she practices uh, like uh, tarot readings I was like oh wow well, I, I would never have guessed I didn't know because she said she's Catholic so I thought, hey, she's she's a church goer. So my coworker told her she practiced charity. I was like, oh, that's weird. Oh, okay, whatever. I, I just dismissed it. Second shift comes around, uh, worked a full shift. Second shift comes around, and she goes, ooh, my coworker comes back and says, hey, look at look at what that patient gave me. She gave me a ring. And I was instantly like, I froze. I said, let me see that ring. She was why? I'm like, I don't know. Take that ring off. Let me see it. And I went to my office and I looked up the image of it. And guess what? It was the same image that I had watched three days ago for the first time ever. It was connected to a Greek goddess, to the satanic deity. So I ran back and I was like, hey, this is cursed. This is cursed. This is saying that you have a connection to the, the dark Unseen world, but guess what? You just saw a battle right in front of you. And she's not a believer. She she knows God. She's she's not really like into the church life thing. But I said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta throw this away." And she, she quickly she threw it in the trash. I was like, "Oh, that was easy. I was done." But it was crazy. So I started speaking to her, and I told her, "It's so crazy. I never watched about this stuff. I never learned or studied. I never took time to to." To gra- grasp what these things are in this world And it's so weird that i happened to watch it this week and it so happens that you told me and showed me this and i, and I quickly told her um I, I she's catholic and i told her you know i don't know if anyone's catholic i'm not trying to demean or, or show offense but in, in the catholic church they they do pray to marys and the, and the saints and the apostles and i told her I'm sorry, but I don't think God would be pleased if he was standing right next to you and you were praying to Mary, Peter, and Paul. And she's like, I always thought about that. I said, I don't, I I truly believe God would not be pleased if you were worshiping the self, the approval, the image, the comfort, the food, when he's standing right next to you. And whispering. And you know, church, you know that the voice of God is so apparent and sometimes we deny it. Come on. You know that the, his voice is so apparent and sometimes we dismiss it. Come on. I, I, I believe God is speaking to someone. Let him speak to me, but even the whisper of his voice can shake you. So get this. So I said, You don't gotta go to Mary, Peter, and Paul. You can go directly to Jesus. It, it doesn't end there I said that without notice right she, her jaw dropped I was like what did I say I thought I offended her apparently during our break our doctor our, our, our main therapist took her in the office and felt the need to. he's a believer he, took, he felt the need to pray over her and he said you gotta pray over some cursed things in your life he said you don't gotta pray to Mary Peter and Paul Oh come on. Come on. He said the exact and, and then my jaw dropped. I was like, you're you're lying to me. She's like, no, he just said that like 10 minutes ago. He said, I don't need to pray to Mary and Peter and Paul. And I said, We didn't we didn't talk. I didn't connect with them during the break. I went home. Church, God is watching, He's here. Does your heart not disturb when you're in the presence of God? And he's saying, child of God, daughter of God, I'm here to take your hand. I'm here chasing after you. Would you not stand up with me this morning? Come on, and, and can we stand to our feet? That testimony doesn't stop there. So my doctor and I, we came together and we're like, this is crazy. Something is happening here. Something, there's a shift in this clinic. So we started talking, and she was wearing this necklace that we weren't aware of. And she goes, this feels so weird, but in a good way. And she intensely, she took the bracelet, removed it, and she chucked it in the trash can. Church, I I think that's probably the most visible, the most visible experience of the Holy Spirit I've ever seen church some of us need to start shaking some things intensely in our lives come on could you just uh could you start speaking to the father right now come on some of us need to physically remove come on even right now if you don't have anything on you or if it's just something mental or something physically or something emotionally could you grab that thing and say god i'm i'm shaking this thing off of me i i want to intensely immensely remove this from my life come on your worship starts with this battle amen the scene, battle is your worship. Be holy. Be redeemed. Be born again. Come on. Be holy. Be redeemed. Be born again. When you get that into your heart, we get to come back to the heart of worship. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on the One Church Podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message and would take a moment to share it with others. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify at OneChurchLI, or you can find more information on our website, OneChurchOnline.com. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, please contact us at info at OneChurchOnline.com. Here at OneChurch, our vision is to see Jesus we exist to reach the one with the love of jesus and for all to live like jesus we want to see jesus in each other and we pray and believe that there is more for you